Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling for Thursday, August 15th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Call 317-849-2933 if you want to go to the best dentist in the world. If you don't want to go to the best dentist in the world, call some other number. But for the best dentist in the world, Dr. Mike O'Neill, it's 317-849-2933. We're at Grand Park. You know what happens at Grand Park today? It is the final workout of camp. Training camp ends today for the Indianapolis Colts. They've got a joint practice today. They're second of two with and against the Cleveland Browns. It's alumni day out here at Grand Park. Peyton Manning, he's going to be on hand. Bill Polian, lots of guys are going to be around signing autographs, watching the festivities, watching the work that gets done today. The work is going to be the important thing for the coaches. We know that. These two teams play each other in about 48 hours at Lucas Oil Stadium. So this is kind of a, uh, a prelude to a, a, a preseason game, really, that has no meaning. And I'll tell you what, what I've heard from people, and people have always said this, you get more out of a joint practice like this than you do playing against each other in the preseason. We'll see if that's the case. We'll see if we get a little, some fracases out here today. Some violence, some haymakers being thrown, some punches, some guys grabbing on each other and going haywire. This will be the second of the two practices. Yesterday was really, really kind of docile and genteel and polite. The guys working out, trying to get better. Our iron sharpens iron and all that other crap. Uh, Frank Reich told the media yesterday that really what he wants, he wants to be able to figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be week one on September 8th in Los Angeles against the Chargers by the end of week three in the preseason. So they've got this game. This is week two, Saturday night. Game two is against the Browns. And then next Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium, game three against the Chicago Bears. Reich would like to know who the starter is going to be at the end of that game. Is that going to be Andrew Luck? Is that going to be uh, Jacoby Brissett? We've got to wait. We've got to find out because they don't know right now. And that's the story. That's the interesting thing at camp. Andrew Luck, he was on the field yesterday, not in pads, not working at all, just walking around, being supportive, talking to the quarterbacks, had the ankle taped about to, oh, maybe four inches above the ankle. And that is where the pain evidently is coming from, and that's the pain that keeps uh, Andrew Luck off the field. Some kind of high ankle issue. We've talked about that as ad nauseum. We don't need to talk about that anymore. But they want to make a decision by the end of the third preseason game. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to. If Andrew Luck is still unable to go, at the end of next week, but somehow that high ankle resolves itself by, let's say, Wednesday, the day before uh, the fourth preseason game against the Bengals, or the following Saturday or the following Sunday, Andrew Luck is going to be the starter for the Indianapolis Colts because they are not going to have a partially healthy or able to be uh, playing Andrew Luck sitting on the sidelines watching 
while Jacoby Brissett loses a game against the Chargers. That's not going to happen. So whatever arbitrary kind of weed drop dead date, right? Whatever arbitrary deadline they establish, if somehow Andrew Luck finds himself able to go between that date and game time on September 8th, Andrew Luck is going to be the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. If Andrew Luck starts all 16 games, I think the Colts wind up putting themselves in a position to go to the Super Bowl. I think they win 11 or 12 games, they win the AFC South, and they will be built to succeed in the postseason. This defense is going to be improved. They've got better weapons offensively. Remember what that wide receiver core was last year, right? With Ryan Grant? for God's sake, and, and other guys, this, this is a good crew where you've got T.Y. Hilton, who's healthy and who in camp looks absolutely explosive. Then you've got Devin Funches. Hopefully Paris Campbell can find his way back to health because if he's healthy, he's going to be a tremendous asset for the Colts. You've got Chester Rogers, who's a guy. We know that, but you can count on him, and he's going to return punts, so that's a good thing. Then you've got a bunch of guys like Reese Fountain, Deion Kane, guys who could develop into playmakers and who show a bit of a burst and an ability to get open, catch contested balls, and run with them after they come down. That's what you want out of wide receivers. Then look at the tight ends, where you've got Jack Doyle. We know what Jack Doyle is. You've got Eric Ebron. You've got, uh, my goodness, Mo Ali Cox. You got a lot of guys at the tight end spot who can make plays. At running back, you've got Marlon Mack. Beyond that, not so much. Uh, Naheem Hines is a nice guy who's probably going to catch 60 to 70 balls out of the backfield. Naheem Hines, he's got enough speed to run away from people. He's elusive. Um, we like Naheem Hines. He's a really good dude out of North Carolina State. He's got elite-level speed. We haven't seen much of Paris Campbell because of that hamstring, but he's a guy who can be a difference maker for these guys. And then on the defensive side of the ball, that defensive backfield is going to be terrific. Clayton Gathers at safety, Malik Hooker at safety. Those guys, we kind of know who they are, but Malik Hooker with a healthy offseason for the first time since he was drafted in the first round by the Indianapolis Colts. And you've got at cornerback, you got a you got a lot of depth. You've got Pierre Desir, you've got Kenny Moore the second, you've got uh, Quincy Wilson, you've got Rocky Seen, who is the first guy taken by the Colts in the 2019 draft. He was drafted early in the second round. Yassin looks like a really, really smart, really, really athletic playmaking cornerback. He early in camp, we saw him make some misreads. All right, he would bite on play action, and that left receivers open. And then all of a sudden, those mistakes weren't being made anymore. Rocky Yassine looks like a guy who should be a starting cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. It may not be that way to begin the season, but as the season goes on, you're going to see him more and more and more, and I think you're going to see the same thing with Quincy Wilson. Everything depends upon health, right? I mean, if Desir or Moore go down... That opens up a spot, but what could also happen is you move more to the slot in the nickel or the dime, and all of a sudden Quincy's on the field, Rock's on the field. You're going to see all of the, all four of those cornerbacks play a lot of football. What's going to be interesting on Saturday is, again, kind of the position battle at middle linebacker at the linebacker opposite 
Darius Leonard, who's going to get most of the run over there. The defensive front is really, really good and really, really deep. That Danico Autry has been terrific in camp. Really, the stars of camp, to me, have been Yassine Kari Willis, who's going to be a terrific backup safety to begin. Clayton Gathers is a captain, but he's had a tough time staying healthy. So I think you're going to see a lot of Kari Willis at some point. But Quincy, Rock, Kari, T.Y. Hilton, Deion Kane, Reese Fountain, uh, Danico Autry have been really, really, really good. Jabal Sheard, we haven't seen Jabal. We don't really know what's going on with Jabal Sheard and that knee. Is he going to be back for the opener? Is he not? We'll find out. Uh, Let's talk about some other things. News out of the NBA. We got a couple of things. The uh, Pacers preseason schedule has been released. Their first two games will be in Mumbai. They're going to play the first NBA games in India ever against the Sacramento Kings in the preseason. Those are October 4th and October 5th. And then they come back home to play a couple at Bankers Live Fieldhouse October 11th against the Chicago Bulls, October 15th against the Minnesota Timberwolves. DeMarcus Cousins, we heard he tore his ACL. He just turned 29 two days ago. He's made $85 million. So a lot of people are saying, I saw this from Will Carroll on Twitter, where Will said, has anybody lost more money to injury in the history of professional sports than DeMarcus Cousins? That's a good question, because this is a guy as talented as he is. He could have wound up making $300 million during his career. He's going to rehab. He's going to figure things out. After this year, he's got to get paid this year. That one-year free agent deal worth uh, a few million bucks, I think three and a half million bucks overall in his career. After this upcoming season, he will have made $88.5 million. I know we feel bad for DeMarcus Cousins. Feeling bad for Boogie today. That he's hurt, he rehabbed that that, uh, uh, Achilles um, and, and now he's back or whatever the hell it was. I think it was, it was an Achilles, right? Anyway, he worked hard to come back. Now he's got the torn ACL and that it may be career ending. If it is 85 million ought to be able to last he and his heirs for several generations. We know sometimes that in the case, in this case, we hope it to be the case, right? Let's talk about college basketball for a second. Interesting. I, I'm not even going to call this a bombshell. All right. Uh, court filings from Michael Avenatti's lawyer. Michael Avenatti is being charged with extortion. He told the people at Nike he wanted 25 million bucks or he was going to drop a bombshell that would rock college basketball to its foundation. So as part of the court filings, uh, by Avenatti's law team, legal team, he alleges, those filings allege that Nike authorized payments of $35,000 or more to Zion Williamson and $20,000 to Romeo Langford, $15,000 to an unnamed player. Let's talk about what that means to Indiana University first, okay? The 20000 to Romeo, I don't believe he ever got, and I don't believe anybody in his family ever got him because he's an Adidas guy. Adidas paid Tim Langford, his dad, to run a a summer basketball program as Romeo headed into his senior year of high school. That was Adidas. That's Adidas money. New Albany High School is an Adidas school. Indiana University is an Adidas school. Romeo is tethered to Adidas, not Nike. He has never played for a Nike-sponsored team other than 
uh, in a, uh, you know, that uh, like the McDonald's All-American thing or whatever, which I think is a Nike deal. I don't know. All the shoe company stuff gives me a big fat headache. Everything that I know about Romeo is that he has an allegiance to Adidas. Now, it's different. So, I mean, that's that's that, right? He, he obviously didn't get money from Nike because he never did anything for Nike. Whatever money he got, it came from Adidas. And there's nothing in the court filings about Adidas at all. Now, Zion, that's a different thing. Zion Williamson played for Duke. Duke is a Nike school, all right? So I, that's not a smoking gun that uh, there are documents showing that payments were authorized. You've got to show the payments were made. And does the NCAA have the stomach to go toe-to-toe with a, a program like Duke? Now, look, last month we saw the thing with DePaul, okay? DePaul had a student athlete who, in order to get his academics straight, needed a little bit of discipline, and that discipline came in the form, and I'm not talking about, like, corporal punishment, for God's sake. I'm talking about discipline with his schedule. All right. So somebody on the DePaul staff being paid by DePaul lived with this kid for a couple of weeks to make sure that he hit his books hard, did all the work that was required of him to be eligible. And and that got done. Now, the NCAA didn't like that. So uh, you've got Dave Lato being suspended for a few games. Uh, You've got some forfeiture, I think, of a scholarship. You've got some limitations on recruiting, all this, that, and the other. They came down kind of hard on DePaul. Now, the NCAA coming down on DePaul is one thing. The NCAA having the stomach to go toe-to-toe with Duke, that's a completely different thing. You've got Mike Krzyzewski. If Duke is shown to be cheating, all right, if the NCAA starts scratching at those scabs and they show that Duke has been cheating and they punish Duke for cheating and you sully the, uh, the standing and the legacy of St. K, well, what have you done then? Are, are you hurting the game of basketball, the game of college basketball, more than you're helping it by cleaning it up through sanctions against Duke University? That's an interesting question, and that is the kind of conversation that's going on at NCAA headquarters down on East Washington Street or West Washington Street today. They're talking about just that. Do we have the stomach for this? Do we want to investigate this? Does this Michael Avenatti is, by all accounts, one of the worst human beings on the planet. Are we going to use court filings in a case where Michael Avenatti looks to be punished through or escape punishment through uh, because of extorting Nike? Are we willing to use this guy as kind of the lever to punish Duke University as a bad actor in college basketball? That's a really interesting question. And if the NCAA isn't willing to do that, then the NCAA isn't willing to clean up college basketball, whatever that means. I don't think that the NCAA wants to clean up college basketball because I don't think the membership wants college basketball cleaned up. Mark Emmert can uh, impanel all these, you know, all these groups to his heart's content. Condoleezza Rice can come into Indianapolis and they can decide, hey, we're going to do this, that, and the other with college basketball. We've got to clean this up. But when they need boots on the ground and they really need to start scrubbing, 
do the schools who comprise the membership of the NCAA have the stomach for this kind of thing? Do they have the stomach to clean up the mess that they themselves have made over the last 40, 50, 60 years? We're going to find out, and it's going to be kind of fun. The BMW Championship, old guys are rolling at Medina outside Chicago. you got Furyk and Sabatini at 500 among the leaders. You've got Tiger Woods, who's played well early. He was minus two after five. That is going to be fascinating this weekend. I hope Tiger's in the hunt because golf is more fun when Tiger's in the hunt. This has been sports nothing but sports for a beautiful Thursday in central Indiana. The Colts work out with and against the Browns getting ready to start out here at Grand Park. Uh, you don't need to buy tickets, but you got to print them. And if you print them, you get to come out here and you get to watch great workout and you get to hang around with a bunch of Colts alums, including, how about that, Peyton Manning? This afternoon, tomorrow morning, it's Breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, and then on Periscope Live at about 18. It's a show so nice, we do it twice. Join me tomorrow morning, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry.